Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to the Help Desk. My name is Peter Wells. And I'm Tess Bennett. And sorry, we had another day off. My my kids uh, got me so sick. Parents know this, but the sickness you get from kids at daycare is so much more intense than anything you have as an adult. It's incredible. And if you don't have kids, um, yeah, it's hard to sort of sympathise. <laughs> don't make me laugh. <laughs> no, nevertheless, we're going to push on uh, and get through some stories today. Absolutely. We've got a couple of extra to, to tide you over. And first of all, Amazon Australia has announced that they've broken through the $1 billion revenue mark in Australia. So Amazon Commercial Services reported 1.12 billion in net sales for the 2020 calendar year. That is a 99.4% jump from the year previously, which is an an impressive feat. But it's actually in standing with most of the other big e-commerce sellers out there like Catch and Kogan and eBay, which also their numbers double during lockdown as most of uh, most shoppers took their spending online. So despite the huge growth, Amazon Australia's results reveal the company still closed the year at a $3.8 million loss, according to accounts lodged with the corporate regulator. But that makes a lot of sense to me because we we saw, you know, Amazon don't make a big deal out of this, but we've seen over the last year them opening uh, distribution centers in Melbourne, Brisbane and Sydney, which really helps kind of uh, get those products out to you faster. And I, I know I resisted Amazon for a long time just because I just felt you know, we talk enough about antitrust on this show that I really didn't want to kind of um, support yet another monopoly, but God damn it, their services are good. Yeah, I don't really shop on Amazon myself. Uh, those losses to me are not surprising. I mean, maybe I would even expect them to um, be losing more money if they were really serious about Australia um, because, you know, they've just, that's what Amazon does. They come in and they invest until they win a market. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's almost conservative from um, uh, Jeff Bezos, who you mentioned last week has this kind of Jedi mind trick over the stock market to say, look, no, we don't need to earn money yet. Just Just stay with us and we'll get there. And moving on to Woolies, which is also thinking about the future and how they're going to deal with all those robots that are coming for our jobs. Now, economists have forecast for a while that automation is going to destroy some jobs, but in the mix, some new ones will be created as well. But the problem is, how are you going to train people to go from stacking shelves to programming shelf stacking robots? Uh, But Woolies has sort of weighed in this week. They've said they're going to spend $50 million over the next three years on training and education to upskill, reskill and redeploy 60,000 of its 200,000 staff members. And the key training areas will be around digital data analytics, machine learning and robotics, plus advanced customer service skills, team leadership and agile ways of working. Uh, That second category there, I assume that means someone's still going to show you where the couscous is when you can't find it. 
Yeah, I mean, this is really good news, I think, from from Woolworths. It, it shows a, um, I mean, it could just all be PR, but it does show, you know, a kind of corporate responsibility here that um, that they are thinking of shelf stockers who are going to go away as new forms of distribution and new forms of retail come uh, come into the market. But yeah, I, I, I find this really heartening, I, which is exactly what the PR um, idea behind it is supposed to uh, do. But yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to this. Yeah, I think you, you raise a really good point because it's been this big, ambiguous, scary problem um, off out into the future that a lot of a lot of smart folks have been warning us about, but there hasn't been a whole lot of actual plans that that I know of or I've heard about. And it is unfortunately at the moment we are really in the position of relying on corporate Australia to do the right thing and foot the bill mm. for training people um, in lieu of any other kind of mandated strategy. I don't know if that would be a good idea, but yeah, at the moment it's just a uh, looking looking for looking to our big employers to think about these issues. Mm. And uh, Wool- Woolies is actually the biggest employer in the country with uh, 200,000 uh, staff under its, under its umbrella. Anyway, iOS 14.5 will let you choose Spotify as uh, your default music service in Siri. Uh, so the latest beta will allow users to set default music services. So you could do Google Music or you- oh, that doesn't exist anymore. YouTube Music, Deezer. Hi, Patrick, um, or any of the other services out there. iOS 14 users already were able to switch their mail and browser clients. And at the time, I remember wishing that there were so many more apps uh, that allowed you to do this. For me, Maps would be the big one. After all those years of uh, using Apple Maps as default, I would really love it to be Google Maps instead. Uh, And Casey Newton had a really great Uh, take on it, which is the threat of antitrust lawsuits is truly the most powerful and benevolent product manager in all of tech. (laughs) Yeah, he's got a good point there. Um, So reading between the lines there, that's basically Apple is being a lot more friendly to apps that uh, rival its own all of a sudden. So at the moment, Apple are fighting three big PR battles. At the moment, we've got Facebook, we've got Epic, and we've got Spotify. This is nullifying one uh, one of those fronts so that I guess it Hopefully, we'll see uh, some movement on the other fronts as well. And moving on to Bitcoin, which I don't think we've talked about Bitcoin in all the shows that we've done since October. I think you're right. Okay. And that's, yeah. (laughs) Bitcoin makes its debut on the help desk because (laughs) Tesla has announced that they now own $1.5 billion worth of Bitcoin. Uh, The car maker said it would also start accepting Bitcoin as a payment method for its products. In a filing to the SEC, the company said it bought the bought Bitcoin for quote flexibility to further diversify and maximize returns on our cash. A crypto is also a common theme of Elon Musk's tweets. Tesla's move pushed the price of Bitcoin way up to forty four thousand two hundred dollars. So, yeah. <laughs> has this legitimized Bitcoin um, in your eyes, Peter? It's interesting that Bitcoin has seen a bit of a renaissance at the moment. So, you know, obviously we, we saw the Bitcoin numbers skyrocket and then Dogecoin and weird little ones like that started popping up uh, following the craziness that was GameStop. And that sentence, I, I swear to God, does make sense if you, if you read it out. But... Uh, I don't know. It, just recently, we've seen uh, you know Jack Dorsey talking about how he might start giving pay in Bitcoin if if he wants, and 
Yeah, I don't know. The, the, it seems like uh, your big, rich white guys are, are, are suddenly turning to Bitcoin again. Yeah, I'm, I don't know. I'm feeling sort of bullish on Bitcoin, but maybe it's easy to feel bullish about something when it is uh, at record highs. Yeah, I think um, it, it is interesting to see more companies putting some of their cash in Bitcoin um, rather than just sort of sitting in a bank account earning no interest and possibly, you know, being devalued against inflation. So I think there is some logic in people thinking creatively about what to do or why they would put money into Bitcoin. But yeah, it's still it's still pretty closely tied to all that hype. You've got some uh, local uh, flavor to the Bitcoin story as well, though. Yeah. So crypto looks set to deposit some cold, hard uh, cash in Westpac's coffers. And that's because Westpac's uh, venture capital arm, ReInventure, invested in crypto exchange Coinbase in early 2015. So what's that? Six years later, and Coinbase is expected to go public in a few weeks at a value of around $50 billion. Uh, and the AFR reports that those figures mean that reinventure could be in for a $300 million payday, which is a huge return on their investment. I'm pretty sure I had a Coinbase account back in the day. I wish I could find it. Yeah. And that's the, the strategy of, you know, in a gold rush, you invest in the, in the shovels and picks. So all those services mm. around the, the Bitcoin. Yeah. Yeah. Good on Coinbase. Uh, they, they are actually one of the, the more um, user-friendly uh, versions of crypto if you, if you want to jump on into that. But they actually did also have to halt trading on Dogecoin a couple of weeks ago because of the internet. Uh, moving on. Uh, Apple's Dan Riccio shifts from hardware chief... Uh, to AR and VR, according to Mark Gurman at Bloomberg. So last week when we were talking about all these new rumors of Apple making a car, uh, I speculated that Dan Riccio's secret new promotion could be the much-rumored Apple car division. At the time, I kind of I had in the back of my head, oh, well, there was that AR stuff as well. And according to Mark Gurman, it is actually the AR stuff that Dan Riccio is moving towards. This is all inside baseball. I don't know if Dan Riccio is a nice guy or a competent manager. I assume he is because he's been there for a very long time. But just just to clarify, there are, there is no extra detail in this story except to say that Dan Riccio is head of AR and VR, not of uh, some some amazing new Tesla. Apple car. Well, I'm glad the the folks at uh, Apple have cleared that up. <laughs> well, they haven't said a damn thing, but yeah. <laughs> and sticking with Bloomberg, German's colleague Kurt Wagner has a story that Twitter is pondering subscription services. At least one idea being considered is related to tipping or the ability for users to pay the people they follow for exclusive content. And that's according uh, to people who are familiar with the matter. Um, But to me, this kind of sounds like Twitter is making its own version of OnlyFans. Uh, Mm, I don't like that. (laughs) But with probably less nudity and more charts. I would imagine. Yeah. Other possible (laughs) ways to generate recurring revenue that Twitter is considering, according to this story, include charging for the use of services like TweetDeck or advanced user features like an undo send, which would be useful to have, or uh, profile customization options. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad that they're looking into this, but this looks like the worst type of uh, subscription I could think of. I don't, I don't want an OnlyFans version of Twitter. I don't, I, I don't want, you know, the meme kid kings out there to be given like weird little virtual coins every time they say something funny. 
Um, I don't think that will make for, a, you know, a good discourse. I, I, I would, again, I just wish there would be a way to pay like a dollar a month or something like that and get a clean version of Twitter. That, that's what I want. It's kind of like um, Facebook's workplace product. It's like $3 a user. Mm. Uh, and it's just like an internal communication tool for workplaces that has seems to not have any of the other problems that Facebook has. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, in the same way that LinkedIn, uh, people generally aren't racist on LinkedIn because uh, racism doesn't help you find a job. Uh, th- that's what I think, you know, a dollar subscription would help Twitter is that um, once once you're emotionally invested or monetarily invested in, into a service, then you're going to think twice about kind of burning down uh, your community around you. Yeah, good point. And I think that is all we've got time for today. Big show. Big show. Made it through without a single cough. So thank you, Tess Bennett. Thanks, Peter. And we'll speak to you tomorrow. I hope. I promise. See ya. (laughs) Bye. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.